Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Bitcoin Blueprint Podcast with your host, Stefan. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen today as we take yet another step further into the Bitcoin rabbit hole and discuss another fundamental concept in the space, which is the Bitcoin having. Now, if you've been listening to the show so far, we've covered a lot of the fundamental concepts around Bitcoin so far. And today we'll be taking that yet another step further to talk about a very interesting and very important concept in Bitcoin, which is the Bitcoin having. We'll discuss what it is and how it works and the implications that it has for the price for Bitcoin miners and for the overall security and well-being of the Bitcoin network. So strap in and hope you enjoy this episode. All right, so getting started with the Bitcoin halving, you may ask, what is a Bitcoin halving? It sounds like some weird event that goes on in Bitcoin or some anomaly, but the Bitcoin halving is a very fundamental point in Bitcoin. And essentially what the Bitcoin halving relates to is it relates to Bitcoin mining and the amount of rewards that Bitcoin miners get for mining a new block. If you go back to one of the previous episodes where we talked about Bitcoin mining, what incentivizes miners to create new blocks in the Bitcoin blockchain is that for each block that is mined, there is what is called a block reward. And so for each block that is mined, the miners get a certain amount of Bitcoin, which of course has a market value to it. And the miners can then decide to either keep that Bitcoin or sell it into the open market. What this also does is it creates and issues the supply of Bitcoin into the market. And so what the mining or the halving does is with these block rewards, it reduces the amount of rewards that the miners get in half. Therefore, the word halving. And so how this works is every 210,000 blocks or roughly every four years, the Bitcoin block reward gets reduced into half. And this is programmatic. This is pre-programmed into Bitcoin to reduce the block reward in half every 210,000 blocks or four years. Now you may be asking, well, why does this happen? Why do we need to reduce the block reward? Won't that just disincentivize miners to, you know, shut down and, and if there's not as much reward, why would they keep doing it? And essentially the halving is done to ensure that Bitcoin remains deflationary because it reduces the rate at which new coins are introduced into the system. And this then mirrors the scarcity and declining issuance model of resources like gold, for example, because a big key selling point of Bitcoin, if you will recall from our previous episodes, is the scarcity aspect of Bitcoin. 
And the Bitcoin halving ensures a scarcity and ensures that the supply of Bitcoin remains deflationary and that over time, less and less Bitcoin gets mined and Bitcoin becomes more and more scarce until we reach the total Bitcoin, which will ever be mined, which is 21 million Bitcoins. This means that after the, the last Bitcoin is mined, there will be no more block rewards and there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin in circulation. And we'll get into kind of the logistics and the, you know, what that means for miners later in this episode. But right now, that's what I want you to understand. And so when we look at the mathematics behind the halving, when when Satoshi created Bitcoin in 2009 and the first Bitcoin blocks were being mined, the block reward, so what miners got for mining a new block of Bitcoin, was 50 Bitcoin per block mined. And that was the case for, as I mentioned, 210,000 blocks or four years. And then it was reduced to 25. Four years later, it was reduced to 12 and a half. And now we are in block subsidy epoch four, where the block reward is 6.25 Bitcoin per block that is mined. And so as you can see by this, it's being greatly reduced because it's being split into half. And so a large majority of the coins, of the Bitcoins that will ever be in circulation have actually already been mined because the block subsidy in the beginning was very large, so 50 Bitcoin per block. And now it's down to 625 and that will only keep getting reduced as the time goes on. At the time of this recording, which is October of 2023, there have already been 19 million, roughly 19,500,000 Bitcoin, which have been mined into circulation, meaning that there are only 1.5, roughly 1.5 million Bitcoin which will ever still be created. So a large, large majority of the supply of Bitcoin is already in circulation. As I mentioned, we are now in block subsidy epoch four, where for every block, 6.25 Bitcoin are being mined. And the next halving event is set to take place roughly in April of 2024. Now, another question that you may be asking with regards to this is how can we know when the halving will happen or how can it be every four years if it's based off of, you know, the amount of blocks? And going back to our previous episodes where we talked about the difficulty adjustment. So Bitcoin blocks are produced roughly every 10 minutes. And even if there's more mining power that comes on the network, every two weeks, the Bitcoin network adjusts. And so we always roughly maintain this cadence of 10 blocks, uh, sorry, 10 minutes per block. And that allows us to give a rough prediction of roughly four years per halving. And so for the next 
happening, which is set to take place in April of 2024, roughly, the block subsidy will reduce to 3.125. Now, that's kind of the basics around how the halvening works and you know the effect that it has on the supply of Bitcoin, of course. But let's talk about some of the implications that it has as a whole. And the main implications that I want to cover is I want to discuss the implications that the Bitcoin halving has on price. I want to discuss the implications that it has for miners. And I want to discuss the implications that it has for the overall security of the network. And so starting with the price, basic economic theory states that when supply decreases or increases at a slower rate and demand remains constant or grows, the price of that resource should increase. Now, with each halving, fewer Bitcoins are being rewarded to miners, which reduces the amount of coins that could potentially be sold on the market. And then if demand remains stable or demand grows, this could create upward pressure on the price. So we're really talking simply about supply and demand economics. The beauty about Bitcoin is that one of the aspects which you are sure of is the supply side. So the supply side, you will always be sure of that there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin and that the rate at which new Bitcoins will be issued will only decrease until the final Bitcoin is mined, where thereafter there will not be any more Bitcoin created. And so given that, one can assume that you just have to make the assumption or the bets or have the belief that Bitcoin is valuable enough to where over time the demand of Bitcoin will grow worldwide. And that could then also have, of course, a positive effect on the price. And so with these halvings, because they are programmatic, because they are predictable, there's, of course, a lot of speculation and anticipation leading up to the halving because people know that there will be a reduction in the supply of Bitcoin and there will be less sell pressure, at least from the miners, of Bitcoin. And so what happens usually is prior to each halving event, there's usually you know significant media coverage and community discussion. And this can then lead to speculative buying as investors anticipate potential price rises post-halving. And historically speaking, Bitcoin has also experienced significant price appreciation in the year following each halving. While past performance is, of course, not indicative of future results, many market participants look to these historical trends as a reference for where the price might go. And again, this is not a podcast about financial advice or telling you that you should buy Bitcoin right before the happening to then sell it later. For me, I'm very much, you know, Bitcoin is for me a one-way trade. I want to be able to eventually live in a world where I can use my Bitcoin to buy goods and use it as, you know, as a currency and, and which you can in some places, of course, already. But 
Um, for me, I don't necessarily speculate on the price, but there is an indication that with each halving cycle, the price does tend to appreciate. And this is, I think, a combination of, of course, market speculation and a reduction of the supply of Bitcoin. And of course, there's a lot of other circumstances around it. But if we're talking historically speaking, the Bitcoin halving does have a positive effect on the overall price of Bitcoin. However, as we approach the maximum cap of 21 million Bitcoins, the effect of the halvings on the supply will likely diminish, meaning that you know, over time, I think the impact of the halvings will, you know, reduce the effect on the price. And I think that's also where we want to go because we don't want, eventually we want to get more stability in the price of Bitcoin. I think right now we're still very early on. And that's why it's also a very interesting opportunity because there is a lot of potential still. But, you know, the idea is that at a certain point we get to a place where, the halving is maybe not as impactful on the price and we do also have more of stability around price as it relates to Bitcoin. But as a whole, that's kind of the implications that the halving has on the price of Bitcoin when we look at simply supply and demand economics and also looking at the historical trends of what happens in previous Bitcoin halvings. Now, that's the main implications that the Bitcoin having has on price. Let's talk about arguably more important is the impact that it has on miners. At its core, the having means that the reward a miner receives for successfully adding a block to the blockchain is cut in half. And this, of course, reduces the inflow of new Bitcoins to miners and consequently their potential revenue. If the price of Bitcoin does not increase proportionately to offset the reduced block rewards, miners could face profitability issues because of course miners have operational costs like electricity, hardware maintenance, and other overheads. Miners for the most part, while you can mine individually at home, miners are for the most part a business and have to of course cover their expenses. So the revenue from the mined Bitcoins should cover at least these costs for mining operations to remain sustainable. And then what you have is after a halving, if the value of the reduced rewards is less than the cost of mining, some of the miners may find operations unprofitable and could shut down or reduce their mining activities. And as I mentioned in the past, I don't think this has been as large of an issue because of course, as I mentioned, the historical precedence is that with each halving tends to correlate to an increase in the price and typically a bull market. And so typically the increase in the price of Bitcoin covers the you know reduced block rewards but in the future we will of course see if that is still the case however what this also does is it creates innovation and efficiency within the mining space 
because to remain profitable, miners are incentivized to seek more efficient mining hardware, more efficient energy sources, and other optimizations. And over time, this could lead to advancements in mining technology and other strategies. So in essence, the Bitcoin halving presents both challenges and opportunities for miners. While the immediate aftermath can be quite challenging due to the reduced rewards, the long-term implications hinge on the interplay of Bitcoin's price, technological advancements, operational costs, and broader market dynamics. So that's in essence the implications that it has for miners. We could go into more detail there, but I do want to, of course, keep it a bit broad and give you just a general overview um, because each miner, each operation is also very different and some miners may be able to mine more efficiently and have reduced costs, whereas others may have higher electricity costs. So when it comes to the mining business and whether or not you know the halving affects a miner also depends largely on their operations. That being said, let's talk about the implications that the halving has for the security of the Bitcoin network. And because Bitcoin security is closely tied to its hash rate, which represents the combined computational power used to mine and process transactions, a higher hash rate means it's significantly harder for malicious actors to launch attacks. Now, if the halving results in reduced miner profitability and many miners exit the network, there could be a temporary drop in the total hash rates, implying a reduction in the network security. However, one of Bitcoin's built-in features, as we've discussed in previous episodes, is the difficulty adjustment, which recalibrates the mining difficulty roughly every two weeks. So if many miners exit and the hash rate drops, the difficulty will adjust to make mining easier, potentially incentivizing miners to rejoin, thereby restoring the network's hash rate and security. And this dynamic adjustment helps the Bitcoin network to remain resilient to large swings in miner participation. That being said, One of the hot button topics in Bitcoin is the security implications that the Bitcoin halving has long term. Because when at a certain point, and it is expected that this will be in roughly 2140, that the last Bitcoin will be mined. And so when there isn't any more Bitcoin to be mined. The question then, of course, which a lot of people have is, okay, if miners aren't being rewarded for mining Bitcoin, then what would incentivize them to keep mining? Why then would not all the miners just shut off and all of a sudden the Bitcoin network hash rate plummets? And this is a very good critique or at least speculation on what could happen. And there's a few things to consider here because the first thing is that miners, of course, are rewarded with the block reward, but they also receive transaction fees 
that are in each Bitcoin block. So going back to one of the previous episodes where we talked about Bitcoin transactions, you will remember that there is a transaction fee associated to each Bitcoin transaction. And that transaction fee is given to the miners. So the miners have revenue from both the Bitcoin that are being mined and of course also the transaction fees. However, when that Bitcoin block reward goes away, the question is, will the transaction fees be sustainable enough to incentivize the miners to keep mining? And that's a good question. And that's something that we have to consider, of course, when looking at the long-term term security implications of Bitcoin. However, the idea is that if Bitcoin is successful, and right now we're in 2023, so we still roughly have roughly 120 years until the last Bitcoin is mined. But the idea is that if at that point Bitcoin is a success and it is ingrained into society like we think it is, where maybe a lot of nation states will hold Bitcoin in their treasury, where most individuals will hold Bitcoin, where Bitcoin will be you know, as common as, for example, the US dollar. If we get to a point like that, the transactions on the network will likely be very high and there will be a high market for the transaction fees. Additionally, it's kind of a make it or break it thing. Because if you think about it, if all countries, or let's say a lot of countries, a lot of individuals, a lot of companies have and own Bitcoin, they would also be incentivized to secure their Bitcoin. And so while maybe the the mining operations may not be as profitable, they would still be incentivized to secure the network, to secure their own holdings. And that's why a lot of people have kind of this make or break thing. It's like, well, okay, if Bitcoin is successful and gets to the point where we think it will, where most countries and people and companies will own Bitcoin, then we will all be incentivized to secure the network and to make it as robust as possible. And, you know, it's kind of go big or go home. If Bitcoin isn't successful, then people likely won't be interested in securing Bitcoin. And then maybe the transaction fees won't suffice to keep the Bitcoin network, um, you know, up and running. So as I mentioned, it's still 120 years away. We all know how much can happen in 120 years. But the idea is if Bitcoin is, you know, goes to where it is and what we expect it to be, then this likely won't be an issue. And this also does not take into consideration a lot of the efficiencies that are likely to still be found and made in Bitcoin mining, because right now it's still quite a cumbersome industry. But, you know, over 120 years, there's a lot of innovation that can happen in technology and Bitcoin mining to where, you know, maybe everybody at home can run their own miner cheaply and efficiently, where you have a super decentralized and robust um, security of the Bitcoin network. Now, this is all speculation. Of course, we have to stay in touch with the reality of the situation and kind of monitor it as it goes on. But it's something to 
take into note, to take into consideration, and to study the possible implications that it can have. And so, in summary, while the Bitcoin halving can introduce potential security concerns, mainly through its impact on minor behavior and profitability, the network has these built-in mechanisms and economic incentives designed to maintain its security and resilience. The interplay of these factors will then determine the long-term security implications of subsequent halvings. And there you have it. So the Bitcoin halving, it's a very unique, interesting event, but one of the important one of the most important parts of Bitcoin. And so it's important to understand how it works and the potential implications that it has, which I hope I have been able to convey in this episode. At the end of the day, what's interesting is the world, it's all about incentives. It's all about having the right incentives in place and seeing how those incentives then allow the actors in a system to act And I think when it comes to Bitcoin, Bitcoin has the right incentives in place. And a lot of the interplay between the different dynamics of Bitcoin really, I think, makes it a very unique and beautiful system. And we'll see, of course, over the long term, you know, how the robustness and security of the network goes and the implications of the halvings. But as I mentioned, in April is when the next one is set to take place. And so it will again be interesting to see how that takes shape and what the impact that is that it has on the price and on miners. So with that being said, that will wrap up today's episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen. I really, really appreciate it. And until next time.